you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Around the NFL Podcast. Looks better than Gronk in a turtleneck. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast, presented by the United States Marine Corps. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm coming to you from a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, please? Hey, Dan. Merry Christmas. How was everyone's Christmas? <laughs> uh, it had uh, moments, I, for personally, that were very enjoyable and fulfilling, and hours where I thought, you know, our house... Uh, feeling like a 1980s Lebanon scenario needed uh, some mm. quiet also. Give us an example of the Lebanon scene. Well, when everyone is shouting and screaming and, like, you know, there's, I, I don't know. It's like, it's wonderful. It's wonderfully chaotic. I'll put it, I'll put a positive spin on it. Just beautifully mm. Shout chaotic. out to our Lebanese listeners out Ow! there. Yeah, well, 80s Lebanon Lebanese is different than Lebanon of today, I would imagine. Wes, so. how about you? You have a, a bun in the oven, so this is your last Christmas Without a child, and that's that's interesting. It is. Keisha's boss decided it would be a good idea to schedule her at 5 in the morning on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, so that's what we've been doing. <laughs> and the day after Christmas. I, uh, Just like, cracking hey, that whip. Hey, we know she's going to have a kid next year, so got to squeeze those Christmas shifts out of but, her while we can. Good well, optics. Keisha Wessling is the first lady of the NFL media newsroom. How is that happening? We got to get, you know, Ely's been, he's kind of been edging to get back on the show. Like he'll do his stop bys at our cubicles and, you know, mention the Panthers or some type of league news and then have a little bit of a take. And it's clear that he's, you know, this is the editor. This is the boss of uh, Lakeisha. And, but this is what we really need to get him on the horn to talk about. Well, this is not the topic I would imagine he wants to come onto the show to discuss at length. But you know what? That's not, he doesn't (laughs) get it. You made some chili. You're famous Cincinnati chili. You're feeling a little. Ooh. You know, that was an all night process. Wow. West stays up. How about you, Greg? Keisha said it was the best Um, batch. You know, I. I went to see cats, not sober. So that was really, uh, really a lot of strange life decisions uh, when you spend pretty much. I spend almost all my free time all year long with our fam- with my family, except for the holidays. So Super it's humble. A strange, it's a strange, uh, strange. Dynamic. Interesting. Uh, please tell me you were alone watching cats. No, no. Uh, I went with a couple friends. Something mind altering <laughs> caused you to go see cats. Well, Knives Out was sold out. That was the number one factor. And then we thought it might be 
uh, fun and a unique experience. And you know what? It was. Was, it was Cats as bad as they say? Oh, yeah. Worse. I mean, it was it was hilarious. <laughs> did you get the updated version with heroin? That's what I asked. He did. None of yeah. it made any sense. It was. It felt like we had survived something afterwards, but it also was really hilarious. The updated CGI version of Cats. And I'm still working through last night. My parents, of course, Keith, who was on the show, um, our last episode on Monday night, uh, my mom, uh, and then Emily and I, we watched the new Sandler film, Uncut Gems, last night. Uh, and I got to say, that Mike Francesa performance, you kind of undersold it. Francesa knocked it out of the park as the bookie. He was great. I just said he wasn't in the movie that No, much. he wasn't. But oh. I couldn't believe how natural he was. Maybe it's all been an act all along. Good actor. <laughs> Uncut Gems was, was amazing. Definitely put that ahead of Cats in your, in your queue. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So here we are. We finally reached the end of the Yellow Brick Road. Week 17 in the National Football League. Our league. This league. This league. Not your league. Not that league. Not that league. This league, but most importantly, our league. You know how we know it's our league? Because we're here in a... In a podcast studio that looks like an interrogation room because no one else is in the building today. Um, and we just are uh, – we're doing it. We're we doing might it. have this well, – That's not true. The entire newsroom is totally packed like a normal Thursday. But the, the audio department is different. So we're – How about the third setup. floor? Third floor is gone. Are we the most popular podcast to ever not have a producer behind the glass of our own <laughs> podcast in the middle of a show? In the running. Yeah. In the running, clearly. All right. Uh, I'll be handling the bulk of production duties. Um, so uh, if you find that I seem scattered or not as sharp as usual, it's because, you know. Math is involved. I'm Which having to pick translation, up Translation, we don't slack. need little snarky tweets about what happened to Mike Four, you know, between minute 20 and 30. We've already laid it out to you. We are in a concerning scenario. All right. So let us get into it. Now, we do it draft style as we do every year. Uh, every week, and this is it, man. This is week 17. This is all the games played in the Sunday early and late window and one primetime game. So we're going to swing through 16 games. We do have to work out one thing. We decided to kind of, so this podcast isn't two hours long, to do a speed round of games that don't have any really playoff t- real playoff ties. Uh, are we taking them out of the draft? That makes sense. Yeah. So remove them from the draft, and, and now uh, we will get to the process. Who picked last last week? That I, is a conversation. I, I picked first. You picked first. So Wes, you are up, followed by Dan, followed by Mark, followed by Greg with the snake. So Wes, get us going, baby. The first pick in week seventeen. I tried to find a game where both teams were guaranteed to play their starters the entire game, and both teams had playoff permutations on the line. Permutations. The the closest I could get was Titans-Texans, and it depends on how much you believe Bill O'Brien. I do not believe him at all that he's going to be playing his starters the whole game no matter mm-hmm. what. I think that what happens in other games and what happens to his own players in the first quarter and how the momentum of that game is going will factor in. Uh what I like about this matchup, Ryan Tannehill has a chance to make some history here. He's completed 70% of his passes at over nine yards attempt, and he could become the first guy to do that since Joe Montana in 89. Mm. 
also the first guy to lead the league in passer rating and yards per attempt, which he's currently doing since Matt Ryan in uh, 2016. So the way he's playing and Derrick Henry practicing fully, I like the Titans in this matchup. Well, I love how Tannehill's been on third downs. Like for all the big plays that they've made, when they've had a third and two, a third and six, I really think he's shown pretty significant progress from when he was in Miami in terms of his decision making. His one big you know, flaw is he holds the ball forever, and that's just who he is. Uh, that hasn't totally left. But you see him changing the play at the line of scrimmage. Two of their long touchdowns came from that last week. And he just feels mentally a little more comfortable, advanced, and great. I just don't – it's crazy. You can't really make an argument that – that he's outside the top six or eight quarterbacks right now, like in terms of just how he's playing right now. There are times where you get these compiled statistics, like you just mentioned for Tannehill over the course since week seven, quarterback X has done this, but they don't really look like it. But I, he, to me, he looks like this guy in the field and the Titans, which have been a raging bore fest and snuck into some past postseasons before where you kind of just Love feel those like where you kind of just feel like get rid of them because they're one of those teams that you know you need six teams and they're the, they're going to slide in and maybe even like they did beat the Chiefs that one year and sneak on and move on but I, this team would excite me to watch in the playoffs and I feel like Ryan Tannehill has galvanized Tennessee's locker room entirely the mm. one thing I note for the Texans is that they did designate JJ Watt to come off of IR, so it sounds like they will have him for the playoffs. Greg, what is the um, playoff setup here? So they do not necessarily, the Texans, have anything to play for by the time they start the game. If the Chiefs win early, the Chiefs clinch at least the three seed, and the Texans are locked into a home game next week against the Bills. If the Chiefs were to stub their toe early, and there's some question whether they're going to play their starters, uh, they play the Chargers then Houston would have the option to try to move up to the to the three seed. There's a question whether you would even care about that. You, granted, maybe you could get another home game. That would take a lot of upsets. But you, you possibly could be setting up uh, a rematch with these Titans if, if things fell a certain way, if the Raiders uh, and the Steelers both lost too. So that's confusing about the motivation. What about Tennessee, though? Is it oh, win sorry. and in? Win and in. Sorry. And then that's if they the one lose, are they out? No, because if they lose and there's a certain combination that I think it's the – if the Raiders lose and the Steelers lose and the Colts win, they win the three-way – the three-way tie. So they they are rooting for a few different things. Right. There are there are four different scenarios. I'm looking at it now in our great research notes. Uh, out of four scenarios that could play out, um, the Titans obviously winning uh, gets them in. They lose, but uh, Pittsburgh and Indy lose as well. Sorry, I should have said Indy losing. They get game. in as well. But if Tennessee loses at Houston and Pittsburgh wins at Baltimore, <laughs> the Steelers are in. So there is obviously a lot... A lot cooking here. I want to see how Derrick Henry looks. They, You know, Ian Rappaport had the report. You see, this, this is not on Ian. This is a, a, a kind of a trope in these type of reports. Like, uh, player X sat out this week, so he'll be 100% next week in the big game that matters. Because, of course, last game's game, last week's game against the Saints, which, by the way, you have a 14 nothing lead. We're not even talking about them needing help if they just finish off the Saints at home. They did not. They would uh, have needed help, though. It was a weird scenario where they didn't need that game because it was a non-conference game. All right. They I, also did not finish off the game because we've been letting their defense slide, and their defense was defense absolutely horrendous They're, in that game, and it's been horrendous. These are two pretty bad defenses. 
expensive. I'd also say, Dan, you know, in some cases, it, it is okay to blame Ian. And if you needed, yeah. if yeah. you needed, to I didn't point finish my finger, point yet either. Sorry. But, well, yeah. Please, please. Uh, my point being that just the assumption that Derrick Henry will be one hundred percent is an assumption. So well, let's see how he looks because as good as Tannehill has been, uh, Henry is the guy there. You know, and he and they, they are special on offense with Henry there. So O'Brien keeps saying that they're playing to win. When they asked if Watson was was starting. I'm going to take the Titans as my lock because I like their chances of winning this game either way. And like Wes, I'm not totally sure I buy that they're going to play all four quarters. I don't really know. But either way, I think the Titans, just motivation and just talent-wise, have too much, and they'll, they'll find a way to win it on the road. And by the way, how could you, I'm locking up the Titans too, and you know why. You know what happens when they win this game. They go 9-7. and seven. Well, so it's that is a lock. That's a lock. We yeah. knew this. We said this from July. It was going to be nine and seven. That's Four, what they that would are. be their fourth straight year. And they will go nine and seven. So I too will lock up the Tennessee Titans uh, to move on. All right, let us now move on with our next uh, selection. It is my draft pick. Oh my goodness! All right, what do we got? What matters? What What do we care about? You know what? I want to see the Eagles close things out. Okay, that makes sense. I will. Uh, I will check out Eagles at Giants. Hey, the Giants are you know they were a fun bad team last week. Well, they, their offense is humming right now. Uh, but the Eagles have been really one of the. Uh, they're not a gifted team by any stretch, but they got grit. It's the one thing people can't measure is what's going on in the ticker. That's what the <laughs> Eagles are all about these last three weeks with Wentz leading the way and uh, Doug Peterson. Uh, you know, obviously making the most of what he has. Uh, their offense is uh, not going to blow you away. Jordan Howard, I think he's back in the mix, but uh, because things have been going so well with Sanders, he will continue to be a main guy in the offense, as he should be, Wes, because he's been kind of the unsung hero uh, for the Eagles. So I am looking uh, at the Eagles, uh, a team that who, who can you trust in the NFC East? Nobody, but I want to see how this regular season tale ends. So I'm going to have my eyes on that game. Yeah, I think Miles Sanders is so much better than Jordan Howard. I, I, that's not even a question to me. He, sh- he should be the focal point of this offense, the way he's been playing. So good in the passing game. Um, and Jordan Howard is a tell when he's on the field. You're going to run the ball. It's funny because that was totally not Sanders' profile coming out of the draft. It just shows even no matter how much tape you watch, sometimes it's just how players are tape used. Monkey. They're not being coached well. Because Miles Sanders, that was supposedly maybe a liability for him in the passing game. He's been fantastic. They have an identity. Greg Ward, to me, is almost an upgrade on Nelson Aguilar in the slot. Like He's absolutely made a lot of big plays. Zach Ertz might, may not play in this game, though. That's big. So I just don't I, – I fear for the Eagles because I do think it's a dangerous spot the way that the Giants' offense is playing last week. I mean, they are about as healthy – all together looking good at the same time as they have been all season. And maybe the couple weeks off helped Daniel Jones because that was, I would say, his best passing performance of the season last week. I am. This is a super risky. I looked up and down this board in terms of locks. I'm going to lock up the Eagles. Um, I don't love it. I feel like I'm probably going to be, you know, very annoyed at myself um, come 7 p.m. Eastern. But what I will do is say that I think that they still have have a lot to play for. There's not going to be any sitting starters business. And give me a break. This is the team in the NFC East that I trust more than the Cowboys right now. I cannot believe what's happened with Dallas. And I do think the Eagles will find a way to take care of their own business. You're getting the best version right now of Carson Wentz that we've gotten all season long. He's the first quarterback ever 
Well, they say since 48, but nobody completed. I saw this stat. Yeah. 30 completions in a game in 1948. To have 30 completions in a game for three straight games and no interceptions. And to me, that's, that's what their offense is. It's a lot more short passes now. It's a more controlled offense, more easy completions, and it's working pretty well. My question is that 1948 team. Had to be literally wild because Walk like, us what, through it, Wes. who else was doing that back then? I don't. I think that's just how far their database goes back. I don't <laughs> I think mean, anybody <laughs> actually did that in '48. And, and you have Dallas Goddard, by the way. So even if they don't have Ertz, he had the best game of his career last week. And maybe sometimes these guys are when you have two great tight ends, one is suppressed a little bit. I've just been like, waiting for them to feature him. It's so huge for Wentz because he's never closed out. He's never played at the end of the season. He hasn't been in big games in the in the NFL that often. Um, so I think it's really important for him and the way that he is leading this team, that he's the identity, he's the one that's carrying them, that even if they kind of sneak into the playoffs at 9-7, and seven, it's important what he's done because he hasn't had uh, experiences like this. And back to Ertz, as, as we've said, he's banged up. It's a fractured rib. He is a true game-time decision. He's listed as questionable. It's legit questionable. He didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice today, Thursday, Obviously, that's a, a painful situation, and you imag- I imagine that he could be, if he does play on, on a snap count. So, yeah, Dallas got it. They're going to need him to ball out once more. All right, so we got three locks locked in. Wes, still waiting to hear from him, and now picking next is Mark Sessler. Well, I am uh, being tasked with writing up one of these games, so I'm going to get that done in the early spot, and I'm going to get that done with one last look at I want to see Green Bay at Detroit because Green Bay, to me, uh, coming off that game where they, they are the team that stood up against the Vikings and showed to me they deserve to win this division. Uh, they've sealed it up. I'm not sure who's going to play in this game. It doesn't sound like they're going to sit a flock of people here because they still have something to play for. This is a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, they, they can they They're can not essentially, anyone. No, they can clinch the number one seed with a San Francisco loss. So I, I want to see what happens here and if they can follow up what happened last week. Because Darius Smith and that defense is playing as well as they have all year long. And Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones had essentially his biggest, one of the biggest workloads of the year. So I feel like they are zeroing in on their, their one guy on the ground as well. So for me, it's just Aaron Rodgers. This would be a good defensive showing for Aaron Rodgers to quiet some of the people that have looked at. There is an interesting stat with him right now. Seven straight starts of under 215 passing yards for the first time in his wow. career. And people point. People have said, oh, they don't have any weapons. And Greg, I know you were saying the other night, yes, they do. But it doesn't look like it sometimes with the way that offense loses its flow. Well, we see big plays from their passing game, but we don't see the one through four quarter consistency. And that's what I'd be looking for in this game against a doormat like the Lions. Lions Can't... picking third in the draft. That is not yes. where we thought we'd be at the end of September. And right. our defense is a total mess. So if it is it is a good call. If the Green Bay Packers have any doubts, it's, it's strangely on the offensive side of the ball. Go drop a 40-burger on the Lions and get yep. ready for the playoffs. Right. I mean, the, the doubts to me are with Aaron Rodgers. Partly. I mean, yes, you would rather have someone more experienced than Alan Lazard as your number two. He, he's the clear number two now, and Kumaro and Allison are kind of splitting the, the three spot. But Rodgers missed the throws in those games. You know, the interception last week was a play he got tricked on, but there was about four or five throws where he just wasn't accurate in that game, and I don't think he's playing his best football. Uh, in terms of his instincts, luckily their defense is playing their best down the stretch. They, the defense kind of goes as Kenny Clark goes 
because Zadarius Smith has been amazing all year, but when Kenny Clark is rolling, suddenly maybe you don't see as many double teams for Smith. I know the Vikings basically didn't double team Smith that much, and he ended up having a pressure against all five different offensive linemen because you can put him anywhere. I mean, he is just – he's incredible. He He's in my top three or so for defensive player – of the year, but this is absolutely a playoff game. They win, yeah. they, they advance past the first round of the playoffs, and they have a home game in the divisional round. If they lose, they risk uh, playing uh, in the wild card round, and, and like you said, they could climb up all the way to number one, so this is a huge th- uh, game for the Packers. I think I was a little hard on them uh, after the Monday night game, the Packers sort of suggesting that uh, they don't. I don't see them as a bye team. I just don't when I think about the top four teams in the NFL – but to just imagine that they're going to sit in that spot and lose, they could easily suddenly be in the NFC title game. I mean, it's just ridiculous to suggest that a home game just in January. Game. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like these, you know, it's up to them. What a great job by Matt LaFleur, who nobody seems to really believe in that much. Nobody in the media seems to have a ton of respect for him. And he keeps cranking out wins every week. That's absolutely That's fair. That's fair. That's fair, dog. All right. Oh, by the way, what do the Packers need to get that number one seed? The win and, and, a, and a 49ers loss. That's it. Which is certainly possible. They're on the road, of course, the Niners, and they've been but they a can bit get vulnerable. A, they can get a bye with just simply a Saints right. loss, and, with and no the, matter what happens Well, to and them. The, they get a bye with a win. So that, yeah. that that's the key is they control it, and they're, they're not going to count on the Saints or, or anyone stubbing their toe. Take care of business. Greg, you are up. Okay. I am going to take the Chiefs Chargers in the early slot uh, because that first slot's so vital and the chance to watch Patrick Mahomes – uh, is always tempting. I think he's the best quarterback in NFL history. At least what? I mean, I do. I think he's. I think he's like. Does that seem pretty? What I think, history? I mean, not Why like his, that, his record of achievement, <laughs> but he plays the position to me at the highest level I've ever seen anyone play it. Just in terms of like everything he has, it's not that like like hot of a take when he's it a 23-year-old MVP who follows that up with, you know, what he's probably the second best quarterback in the league. You said he league. is the greatest quarterback in NFL history. I mean, Not that I he's think playing he's, at a level, okay, you know, maybe, maybe where he could be considered that one Maybe day. he's, like, it's poor wording, but to me, he's he has that, that he plays. I'll get you on, the, like, uh, the first pos- take, though. The position at the highest level. If that's the goal. Basically possible. Like, that, think, okay. that he has the highest ceiling and that he's, in terms of the start of his career, he certainly is right there with anyone. 2011 Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I'm taking 2011 Aaron Rodgers. I guess I'm grading it on a scale of the fir- his first two years as a starter versus anyone else's first two years as a starter in NFL history and what I think his ceiling and potential to is. Now, there it okay. is. Yeah. The, after two years as a starter... He maybe Marino could be in that conversation yeah. as well. But, I mean, he would be in yeah. that conversation. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but yes, now we're talking. And I think, and I think everything's under control. Now. Sorry, sorry, points, sorry. All that sorry. You know, I didn't what know. Hell, I didn't know there was got a you know pick here that just came it's a out. Big comment. Um, and and I love watching him play. And you know what? You know, you never know what Chargers team is going to show up. Like the the thing that I think is Anthony Lynn's biggest problem when he's presenting his resume if there's any concern about his coaching future is whoa you never know what team's going to show up you never know which part of the team's going to show up and which part's not they could not be less consistent as a team and they have totally underachieved that's just a fact i mean 12 and 4 last year that should buy any coach uh, another year if they yeah. have a bum no, year right. next year you're, I think you're but right. 
If we are they all didn't get this, better when they got healthy. Remember, everyone was like, "Ooh, every, once they get back," and it's well, like here's what, they all came back. They weren't any better. Not to be reductive, but if Philip Rivers is a quarterback in deep decline, I don't think he is. That well, then that's obviously up for debate. But if if he is not the same guy he was last year, which I think it's hard to disagree with, uh, that makes up the difference a lot between twelve and four and whatever they're going to finish now. I get it, but they, they're in the same division of the Broncos and the Raiders, and you just look at the rosters and you look at who's maximizing the fact that they could finish and that they're going to finish in last place. Come on. Well, the, it's a bad I, job. Injuries aside, like their roster provides no excuses for what's happened this season when a lot of those Chargers I, players have come back. I also, not to beat the dead horse, but it's an atrocious situation for any team to deal with. That's their home stadium, true. quote unquote. The fact that nobody loves them. It's like this feels like a, a deeply unhealthy organizational setup. And I wonder if that now you could say, well, Dan, you, you didn't say that last year when they're 12 4. And that's fair. But after another year of this grind being in your building in front of 30, they overcame fans, it last year and they overcame it as the best road team in the league. They still yeah. weren't that and, great at and home. And that last may be year. that may help the coach and the coaching staff yeah. because who are you going to lure into a even higher octane, right. strangely more bizarre optical situation next year in a much bigger stadium? And to be clear, the Chiefs will be playing to win, certainly to start the game. They could have the option of scoreboard watching, and if the Patriots got out to a big lead, they would think, okay, the bye is not happening, and maybe Mahomes doesn't finish out the game. That's possible, but they clinched the number three seed with a win, and they still have a chance for the number two seed. You, right. know, you know how I know Phillip Rivers is in decline? Tyrod Taylor warming up on the sidelines. <laughs> week that doesn't week. happen in Philip Rivers' prime yeah. ever. And it, that's fair. He has thrown way too many floaters into open spaces that close when the defender sits there waiting for it. Second most picks in the league, and and a number of them have been uncharacteristic. He's he's thrown interceptions in bunches throughout his career at times, but they are uncharacteristic for him. Greg, and now snakes to you. And since uh, we are our own production team today, I am going to get up. And grab a water. Does anyone need any? Oh, I thought you were gonna would, vocally make your own snake. Sound. Oh, I could do that too. <laughs> yeah, at least, at least provide. After- <laughs> that was fantastic. Anybody need a uh, Aquafina? I'm Doing good. all right at the Thank moment. You, Thank Dan. you, Dan. I am gonna take uh, <laughs> the Titans and Texans at, at four twenty-five. Well, um, how do you, how are you gonna? I do believe that? that's already been selected. That was the first overall pick, right? <laughs> I will be taking the Steelers and Ravens. There you go. At- You're that guy in the fantasy draft who took Favre in the in the sixth round. Have another beer, kid. You know it's confusing. We don't have the headsets on. There's certain <laughs> games you can't take. I'm just uh, I'm just blowing it. I think the Ravens backups could beat the Steelers starters. I think RG3 is better than Duck Hodges. I think Gus Edwards is. You know, better than Jalen Samuels and Benny Snells. Damn. And I think uh, you can only sit so many players, and a lot of this Ravens defense is going to be playing, and they're going to be blitzing like crazy like they do every week. Steelers aren't – I mean, the Steelers are going to be sitting some of their guys too. Marquise Pouncey can't play because of his knee injury. James, uh, James Conner looks like he's not practicing this week, so it's not like you're getting a fully loaded Steelers squad. What a no. dip in public opinion, or maybe just Greg opinion, but I don't feel like what you're saying is something that a lot of people will disagree with. That we went from like really respecting the hell out of this gritty Steelers team and their great coaching and their amazing defense to, oh yeah, but Duck, Dodge, Duck Hodges is terrible and this is not going to work. 
But oh, I think the Steelers are going to win this. I think the Steelers are going to win just because Greg says this every other day doesn't mean it's going to happen. <laughs> they are the Steelers are favored uh, to win this game in Baltimore. Part of it is I think the Ravens are one of the great regular season teams we've seen, and the bones of that. And I've heard them talking this week about how they want to get 14 wins, set the franchise record. Like they're still a great, they're a great team, one to 53. It, if you take off this. You know, top seven players, they're much worse, but it's still a very good team. Well, the, the only thing is, in every single time that RG3 has come in, they have looked like a week four preseason team. They and have not been the same on any level. I'm trusting at the all. defense. Aren't they just kind of just running out the clock in those scenarios, though, anyway, typically? There have been a couple times where he's come on the field and just every. Th- you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe RG3 throws for four touchdowns and not saying runs that either, for but one, but like, they are not the same. The sample size team. is pretty small. I just but. think the way you play defense against RG3 is completely different than what Lamar Jackson is testing you <laughs> on. I disagree exactly. with that. No, okay. That exactly. was my Exactly. And the disrespect of Greg to just. Just yes, praise yes. the Ravens' deep backup defenders as if yes. the Steelers' first team defense isn't Easy. leading the league in sacks and takeaways right. all year, and gonna they're gonna take care Wait, of business with RG three. I need to adjust Wes's levels. He's starting to yell. Well, here's here's the difference okay. though: the Ravens played the number thirty two offense in the league. And the Steelers have to play. Yes, they're not going. They're going to be a very diminished Ravens team. But even with RG three, the offense the Ravens are going to run out this week is going to be worse than the offense the Steelers are running out. No, see, I, I you don't think, think Marshall so. Yonda is going to be out there leading the offensive line. They they are going to sit Yonda. They announced okay. that, and they sit sat Lamar Jackson. They're going to probably sit Ronnie Stanley. But the Steelers are poorly coached. Like they've been trying their hardest all year, and they're the worst offense in the league. So they're still going to be trying their we hardest. See. I don't know, and they have a very tough match. Suddenly, very intriguing. Right, I know. I Way thought to put it, a button on it, Mark. Suddenly, like the it. Ravens' third team guard and tackle are better than the Steelers. You can All only right, let's here's on. the thing that you can only sit so many players. Half I know of you their, keep saying that, but they're going to play backups. Half of their starters. I it, I am remembering 2004 a lot, which is when the Steelers' backups went up to Buffalo and beat a hot Mike Malarkey team in 2004. The Bills are. <laughs> is, uh, the Bills assumed that they were going to the playoffs at nine and Willie six, Parker, pl- playing the the Steelers backups, and this was the number one seeded Steelers, and they had the bones of a team that could still go out and win a tough game on the road, and they did it. Did with you their just backups. equate the Ravens to a hot Mike Malarkey team? No, the Ravens in this case uh, would be the Steelers, which would be a hot Bill Cower team. Well, who are only a few weeks away from having their hearts broken Watt, against the Bud Patriots? Dupree, Minka yeah. Fitzpatrick, come on, Greg, hey, uh, take me through. Greg, the computations on this one? Steelers? The Steelers need to win, and they need the Titans to lose. It's pretty simple for them. They also can get in with a Tennessee loss and an Indianapolis win and an Oakland loss. Could they lose and get in? I guess they could. Yes, they wow. they are. They would be the benefactors of that um, three-way tie. Gotcha. We're so getting close so to it, another it, topic. It's possible. Want to discuss, it's possible. So. All right, Mark, you are up. Uh, I will take this 1 p.m. Uh, game that typically I would call it unattractive, but New Orleans at Carolina. I'm trying to spread my day out a little bit, so it's a personal goal versus... How Spicy doing with Will Greer, that whole fallout? I, you, you know, I would say I'm typically not in touch with Spicy unless it's a group text that suddenly mm. blows up, and I look down, there's 88 messages in four or five minutes from Spicy and the three of you. I haven't heard from Spicy since he told me he was coming back to L.A. for Thanksgiving and would probably be at my house and then stayed in Cincinnati. And I, Other than David Blau and, and Will Greer, I don't hear from him. Spicy, of course, is the Spice Rack. Reach out to us and let us know you're okay, Spicy. Uh, Chris Wessling's former, his erstwhile 
desert consigliere and now, and now just wandering the Midwest. Potentially. Who knows where? He, I, I think he's all right, though. He can't be thrilled with what we saw from uh, Will Greer. If that's, what did we see from Will Greer? I'm, someone that's essentially walked himself out of being in the conversation for starting quarterback <laughs> next season. <laughs> Tough audition. Where, I don't know wrong? if it was like, even. I, mean, I, I don't know what you what he could have showed. It wasn't great. It wasn't the worst you know first start you've ever seen. But if you're looking for some like great sparks that are going to get the next coach excited, that was not there. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Uh, I read this piece on PFF, and that they, you know, and it's their version of things, so it's going to be different than someone else's. But tracking every single one of these NFC powers, they view the Saints as the team that's been the class of the NFC the entire season, really from wire to wire without a major dip. And you know, they even looked at that loss to the Niners as a game where there were way more positives than negatives. And this is a team that's quietly scored thirty-four plus points in five of their last six games. So the offense is humming. And, you know, I think there's reason to believe in Drew Brees a little bit more than where we were when he was coming off injury. Kamara looked better last week. So this is a tune-up for basically, you know, a, an, an, I, I look at them if they don't have home field. I, I know it's a tad cliche to doubt them going into an outdoor environment on the road in January. But history has shown us that they have not really been, they've not been to a Super Bowl since they... But look what they did they, just four days ago. Where was that, though? That, that wasn't, was in Tennessee know, against Tennessee, the Red what, Hot Titans like 45 team. That was impressive. To, it's not, it was I'm just impressive. saying, put the, I, I just don't know. If in, they don't feel like a soft team to me. They're a not soft a soft team, team, but like a lot of dome teams in general, when you put them out of their environment, they're built to be fast, they're built to be in a dome, and you put them into Green Bay and it's negative eight degrees. I just Lately, though, not, they, you know? they've showed up. They were, they've been a good road team. They won in Seattle this year. They won in Chicago this year. You know, they've, they've done their work that they, they needed to. They yeah. won in Tennessee. They wanted that game more than the Titans did. They fell behind 14 to nothing, could have packed it in, and they wanted the game more, played more physical. And Kamara I, I, got a yardage boost on prevent defense at the end of the first half, and I thought any running back in the league could have run through the hole he ran through for a touchdown. So I'm not convinced he's back to any 2018 version of he, Alvin. No, he, he, wasn't, to be. he wasn't making guys miss. They could be so unlucky, though. If the Saints win this game – but then the Packers and the 49ers win as well. They are stuck as in as the three seed with a thirteen and three record. You Ooh. thought you thought the NFC Championship was bad luck last year. I mean that is, but to be a thirteen and three three seed is brutal luck. So they are rooting hard for either the 49ers to lose or the Packers to lose, and uh, they could move up a spot and get a bye if one of those happens. We know that they're going to be playing this game uh, to win the Saints. I think they're that thirteen early. win wild card. Scenario has only happened like six times in league mm. history. Mm. Christian it's McCaffrey, typically like when the like teams were buried behind like the the Niners dynasty of old. Oh yeah, or the NF some NFC East scenarios, but it's not a recent thing as much. And McCaffrey, I mean the Panthers aren't even. I mean I'm sure they're going to try to win, but like their number one priority by far oh, is sure? getting Christian McCaffrey 67 yards. What they did last week was like wildly transparent that he had 15 targets and they spent the entire second half just dumping the ball off to him, not really worried about the rest right. of the offense. He is inviting his entire family uh, to this game because they want to see him get over 1,000, 1,000. The coach uh, said it's going to be a priority. So this is like he's going to get that number. He needs 67 yards to do it. That's weird to me that that's the priority instead of getting 216 scrimmage yards to pass Chris Johnson for the Ooh. all-time record. Well, you could do it both. Well, one of them some, someone's never done before. The other one other people have done. 
Mm. Only two others have done it. Who are they, Mark, to go 1,000-1,000? CJ. Wrong. Wes. Roger Craig. Marshall Falk. Correct. <laughs> Scott Turner, who is, you know, nice job by dad. He got, got him the OC role for the time being in Carolina. Said that they're going to get the ball, quote, any way uh, we can to Mr. McCaffrey. I'm a little surprised. I, Wes, your point is a fair one about Kamara. That was a, you could drive a truck through that hole. The old Madden '93 uh, soundbite. Uh, but uh, he had Alvin Kamara said it himself. What, now you tell me how much stock you put in it. He said he actually felt like he had his burst back, which he had not acknowledged before after that win. He said that he's actually starting to feel himself. I put some stock into him saying that and telling the media that, and coming off a 100 yard game and a couple touchdowns. Uh, we've talked about how he's to me the missing, the final piece. If if he does get back to Alvin Kamara, who's beating them now? Getting the three seed would suck. Uh, the Niners. I mean, but, I, 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 it's a coin toss in the NFC. By the way, don't do not try to use me again as a straw man with your mm-hmm. little trivia nonsense, and then just flip it to Wes. I was about to say, not Chris Johnson was not the man, but Roger Craig and Marshall Falk were. Oh, okay. My apologies. <laughs> just at least let me finish. Strange like, strategy. Allow me to finish the that sentence at least because I was, was about to nail that. Strange strategy question, answering perhaps. a trivia question with the wrong answer on well, the way to the know, right that's, answer. That's how I operate. Uh, my apologies to you, Mark. <laughs> Uh, I, I will accept it record. because it's Christmas time. Uh, Christmas is over. You were wrong. Ouch. No. Okay, here we go. This is what? A, what's a fun scenario for me? What is something I would enjoy? You know what I'd enjoy? Cowboys. The Patriots sweating. Mm. Mm. Now, knowing this franchise and how brilliant they've been, they will drop a hammer on the Dolphins in their building and get that buy for the unprecedented 10th year. But is it too... Is it is it absolutely bonkers to imagine a scenario where Fitzmagic goes up there? You know, he has no fear. He, he's enjoying a really nice season. And that Patriots offense, which looked good again uh, or looked competent against the Bills, goes back to the ways of what we've seen for most of this year. And all of a sudden, they're sweating out a game in the third or fourth quarter. I am going to take this game, uh, Dolphins, at Patriots, on the hope that that's what happens here because that would, that would be great because it is Greg. You're right. It's, Why did I not take this game? I sort of I don't forgot know. about it. Um, uh, because they are overdue to get picked off the other way. As you brought pointed out, Greg, it's happened a couple of times, including last year, I believe where the Patriots were not in line to get a buy and somebody stumbled near the end and the Patriots closed and they got the buy, which they deserved because they closed and the other team didn't. Maybe this is the year, this weird topsy-turvy Patriots year where it goes the other way, and it's the Chiefs who sneak in through the back door and get the bye. So I'm tracking this game for that reason and that reason alone. It's one of the reasons that the they won their first Super Bowl, that the dynasty started, that they got a, they got a bye with an 11-5 team uh, where the Raiders slipped up right at the end of the season, and that's why they had to travel to Foxborough. I don't think that's going to happen this year because they're playing the Dolphins and because... I think to beat the Patriots, especially with the offense showing some signs of life, you know, you need a pass rush, and that's just where the Dolphins are so lackluster. And I, I know it was week two, but this was a 43 to nothing game the first time around. There was no Fitzmagic. You know, Fitzpatrick's history against Belichick has not been good. He's used his aggressiveness against them pretty often, and I just I don't think they're going to slip up here. Patriots Which is de- not a hot take. Patriots defense <laughs> is too good to slip up here, I think. And I can't bemoan their offensive struggles anymore because they were crisp last week. They were sharp. Nikhil so. Harry, to me, this is a huge week for him specifically because they upped his uh, snaps 
and he was effective, and he's the only one in that receiver group other than Edelman with some juice. So how can they start integrating him as like a really important piece? And I think he could use the confidence, the timing, and everything going yeah, I mean, into the playoffs. We talk about Fitzy being hot, and he's been fun to watch all year and like a great story, but that happened last week against the Bengals. And I think that for that equation, Dan, for what you're wishing to see, you need the, you need the Patriots right now to start drinking heavily and not stop drinking until Sunday morning because they need to be mentally unprepared know, and physically unready for this game. There's too know, much man. on the line. I know there's a lot on the line, there's but the way too much Patriots on the aren't the same type of team that they've been in past years. And the Dolphins, they put up a fight. I just don't no, think you're it's right. I say put it, in Miami, I put it in Miami and, you, and there's something a little bit different happening there. Well, I agree with that. I, I don't mean, think it it's be bonkers, chance. but I do think as a Patriots fan, fan it was a great sign that that was their best game of the season last week that has happened sometimes late in the season where they they put it together where where they're gonna start building and Belichick has been saying all week this is a playoff game it's huge for their running this this their running game to me is like everything when they have Burkhead and Michelle and White going like they did last week they have a chance and if you look at the AFC playoff scenarios I think when you play the Chiefs and the Ravens their only chance is going to be to run the ball against those two teams who are much better you know stopping the pass like that this is a big game like they need to establish that they can be multi-dimensional and 140 plus yards on the ground in three mm. of their last four games so it, are they heating up the way that we fear I don't know I just I, want to see them be any up. dimensional well, last week they were pretty solid. Yeah, they, they were good solid. last week. Um, crisp. Do it Sony Michelle. Not explosive. Not explosive at all. Still, but crisp. Sony Michelle is 162 yard rushing, uh, rushing yards away on Sunday from delivering the worst 1,000 yard season in NFL history. <laughs> so just like Scott Turner and Charlotte, feed the ball to CMC, get him 1,000, 1,000. Let's get Sony that. He deserves I might try to do a, a post-show trade with you here. Narrowly topping out Dan. Carlos Hyde. You know, we've we've allowed those Jets to get to you all year. I, I made <laughs> a mistake. last week. Now it's war. <laughs> that was me, and I would have traded the Jets easily for anything. <laughs> we'll talk after the no, show. The, at, when you took the Jets, I believe, Greg, in this side of my body, he went, yeah! So this is my revenge. <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> yeah! Sounds right. It's, it's a like a Howard Dean-esque scream. Remember the Dean scream? Let's bring that back. Mm. Fresh. <laughs> All right. Mark's like, get me out of here. No, I'm Wes. enjoying this. Let's, let's continue just to spin on. Well, I want to take one of those 4 o'clock games, but I've already got one, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go for uh, there are seven an of early them. one. Bears-Vikings, I guess? It's either that or Jets Bills, and I don't. No, Jets Bills is in our uh, five pack of sadness, right? That's it. Yeah. So there you go. That's your pick. So nobody is tracking those games. Is that what we're suggesting? Well, I'll certainly be tracking that game, but uh, we'll, you'll we'll, be tracking the Browns. I'm sure. Well, likely, we'll, uh, we'll work on that off off mic. We'll figure okay. that out. We'll figure that out. But anyway, so you got the Bears at Vikings, a game that does not have. Um, any meaning the Bears are eliminated the Vikings are locked in at the number six seed in the NFC however Wes we decided this is a game we should talk about why because we need to see something out of their offense after laying the biggest egg we've seen in years it's more than an egg on national TV with the the division on the line against your longtime rival and you have one of the worst offensive games that anyone has ever witnessed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Kirk Cousins does not know if he's playing this week. I guess he hasn't been told or he's not allowed field, to tell Kirk. the media. But I, I, Dan brought this up, and, and I totally agree. 
after doing what they did last week, I'd like to see this offense on the field. That's as a fan. I don't know if it means anything. I don't know if it means they're more likely to win in the playoffs if they play their offense this week, but I'd like to see them. Go score a couple touchdowns. How about, you know, a 12-play, 74-yard drive, and then everybody celebrates in the end zone? You know, you could be a man. You could be a team again because you weren't on Monday night. Well, you don't deserve, you know, drives off or halves <laughs> off or a game off at this point. Yeah, that was, that was a crime scene last week. And I I would be a little worried if you do sit your starters this week. First of all, it's at home. I hate treating the home crowd like... Like it's a preseason game. Right, that they're just wasting their money. Please. Second of all, you can get... You can just very easily imagine a scenario where your last three games then are that Monday night meltdown, a game where you laid down... Uh, against the Bears, and then you travel to New Orleans, and you get the blowers, doors blown off. That is a recipe to have a big fat house cleaning. Mm. Like I don't know. I wonder if that's even in that's their minds fair. at all. Could be two minds. weeks from now if that scenario plays out as you described. They. I am so happy though uh, that this game is going to happen because there's no team in the NFL more excited to not watch ever again than the Mitch Trubisky Bears, and he has to go. And I think this will be it. And I don't ever want to see it again. I, I do feel like if you're Bears ownership and they're not a plug, they're not an ownership that you almost ever hear from. They seem to be deep in the distance. But and I know your GM, he he obviously picked Trubisky, traded up for him, and there's terrible. It, that's a bad look when you've got Patrick Mahomes counting to ten on his hand as he's marching off the field after the greatest quarterback of all time counting off. The greatest. I mean, do if if I were the Bears owner for a week or for I would come in and tell. Ryan Pace, I demand you to find another starting quarterback. You you cannot just simply put a stamp on your own pick and say we're going to roll into year three and right. a bunch of offseason narratives. I demand you to you find a it. starter. Right. You left. Two I would like to see owners on the board. I would like to see McCaskey walk in there and deliver. That. He can <laughs> be it, he can be Cam Newton's backup next year or Rivers' backup. Sure, that's backup, fine. fine. This but. is the time of year when you realize how many beat writers and columnists are just held hostage and brainwashed by coaching staffs and front offices in their local cities when they all say, no, you've got too much invested in Mitch Trubisky, and he and Pace and Nagy are tied at the hip. No. you didn't. Not only did you not see improvement, you saw regression. And for a guy in his third year, you need to see improvement or development, and you did not see that. I, I can't envision a scenario where this team wins with Mitch Trubisky in 2020. You need to bring in, at the very least, a guy like Andy Dalton who has a prayer of pulling a Ryan Tannehill and can at least come in and inject life because he's moved offenses before for games at a time, whereas Trubisky, it's week to week you, whether yeah, he can even do that. Veteran. You do the quote-unquote open competition competition in camp. Maybe a, a light to spark under Trubisky and something happens there magical, but I think we know that this is probably not going to happen with Mitch playing at a high level in the NFL. And then after the camp, if, if the other guy outplays him, you move on because and Mitch is your backup right, for Right, because if you're doubling down on a mistake, then that could be it. But if you get another quarterback, this team has weapons. Allen Robinson's a good number one. Miller, I think, looks we pretty good as a number a number two. Yeah. Like, you have a good defense. It's is not a, a hopeless situation. Well, and, and show us what Matt Nagy can accomplish without being ham- tied at the hip is right. As if, if Trubisky we saw were a stone sinking in the ocean, n- dragging Nagy along with him. I will, yourself. I will say this. We like, uh, well, most of us like Andy Dalton in this room and think he would benefit from a fresh start and could have good football in his bones still. Uh, but I brought this up to uh, my buddy and Power Rankings producer, Matt Tanton, a diehard Bears fan. Hey, how about Andy Dalton comes into town? 
and he gave a big thumbs down. Uh, Bears fans had a very traumatic, uh, you know, 11 months or so. And if out of this comes Andy Dalton as your quote unquote savior to get the offense back on track and get the Bears back to Super Bowl contenders, that is not going to be a sell that I think goes over very well with that fan base. Now, that doesn't necessarily matter and if, if the goal is winning just to appease your fan base but just putting that out there I feel like that would be met with a lot of criticism yeah, I don't think Don Chicago. Draper could sell Andy Dalton successfully <laughs> you have to you have to just say the rest of the team is enough nobody could have sold Tannehill either don't who cares what the fans think mm. go no, do the we'll right see. thing on that Cam stinging put Cam on this team stinging shoot Seriously, down of why, fans why do we think Chris fans Wessling, should run an NFL team who lives in the Westchester district of Los Angeles here is his address no how about you root for the team and then let the people who are paid to make the decisions make the decisions hey listen you hey, you're all rooting for laundry anyway just laundry <laughs> this is how you get pressure on Tom Brady you get up the middle alright here we go Wes <laughs> you are snaking I tried to avoid these 4 p.m. games, but I guess there's no avoiding them. I will take Redskins at Cowboys. Go dead, pick, go pick. Dead team walking, Dallas Cowboys. They have not mm. put forth mm. much of an effort for the past month, which reflects on their head coach, and really it reflects on their leadership. They just haven't played well, and after reading our research packet this week, they might Humble be brag. the unluckiest team we've ever seen. And we know it's not just bad luck that they're – that their uh, close game failures have happened at the end of games. But the way luck works, it also happens in the first 50 minutes of the game as well. And you can have way too many bad breaks. They are probably going to finish with the best point differential and yardage dis- differential of any sub-500 team in the Super Bowl era unless they win this game. Is it bad luck or is it just dreadful inconsistency that's on new because you said they're a dead team walking. This time last week, they were coming off a beatdown of the Rams, and everybody was feeling a little bullish about. You this cannot team. have plus fourteen hundred yard differential and be and be have normal luck. That's bad luck. That's absolutely true, and yet when it mattered, remember you know we say no. I agree. No, no. I'm saying in not close in the game. games at the end. What, what I'm saying is the course of their season. We talk about okay, the season starts around Thanksgiving. Let's start it even a week earlier for them because they were playing the Patriots. In those five games, their offense, which has been what they're built on, has been totally absent except for the Rams game. That Rams game has been an anomaly and changed both of those two teams this season. But the, the offense didn't show up four out of five weeks, and so you don't deserve to make the And play. the whole situation with Amari Cooper at the end of the game last week where just, I, you know, part of luck is – preparation and coaching and you could point to Jason Garrett's legacy with Dallas and say this has been one of the weirdest um, seasons by any team this entire century but if I had to attach a coach to take a super powerful roster with good statistics and still wind up with seven wins (laughs) heading into week 17 it might be Jason Garrett I also think they could lose this game I'm shocked how they are massive favorites I think almost two touchdowns Uh, I don't know I know Terry McLaurin's hurt but Case Keenum Coming in, put up 21 points last week. Had one of the drive, the one of the weirdest but epic, most epic drives of the year. 99 yards to tie the game with some wild plays. I don't know. I could see Case Keenum and this Redskins team like beating them, and them just it just being getting really ugly. Well, both things can be true that they've been exceptionally unlucky and poorly coached, and don't deserve to make the playoffs. Yeah, that can no, all I, be true. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And there's one other note that Dak Prescott injured his shoulder in that Rams win, right. and 
Now, he might have just gagged uh, like her cousins gagged last week, and that explains that performance. But it's also possible a guy with a sprained AC joint and his throwing shoulder having a poor game that might be connected, Absolutely. and that's not something that typically heals quickly. So that's going to hurt He's not you a even lot throwing too. in practice this week. So, you know, they they have a lot of things going going wrong. And yet, you know, if they're they're watching the Eagles-Giants, they they have a realistic chance to make the playoffs still. Win a ball game, get a loss from the Eagles. Could they ever the sign their Cowboys offensive the coordinator champions. to jump in and play quarterback in a – Tough spot. It's been a come down for Kellen Moore. <laughs> Kellen Moore bit. was the knows is, the offense. He was the one lefty quarterback in I mean, the league for a period. Just there. saying, in a pinch, you could player coach. Are we still without a lefty right now? A southpaw quarterback. I can't think of one. Maybe on a roster oh, somewhere. But Kellen not... was the guy for a year or two yeah. there on that uh, Cowboys depth chart. Mark, can I just take a quick pause to say you and this pea coat, it's working, and I think this we all not, know it. Yeah, well, okay. and we've all been thinking about it throughout the show, and the way you have it pulled across your chest, like Jack Kerouac going for a journey to find himself and 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 just uh, wow us with his prose. That's you right now, yeah, an you. old it man is, by the sea. It's twenty-seven degrees in here. Uh, I, I believe though, because when Wes had one of these, that I kept calling it a pea coat. Isn't it? Isn't you, you, it not a pea coat? It is a pea coat. You called it a petticoat. Oh, petticoat. That's right. <laughs> Your well, hair, not yeah, your hair is like a little curlier it's a little and bit, longer. Uh, you know, it's definitely like you this know guy we're that's not been on video. Good eyebrow hair it's, shirt it's combination. A, it's a messy time. <laughs> Eyebrows. It's a little bit of a mess. I think I'm sitting under this sort of police procedural uh, fluorescent light too. So all right, uh, it now swings to you went twice, right, Wes? You snaked. I did indeed. All right, uh, the old Zeuser has to grab a game. I think there's only one left. All of, right, of well, actually, non, it's pretty good. The non, Raiders and Broncos are still there. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the good. One. See, that's good. See, you guys didn't want Wes to yell at you, and that's why he didn't take the game. Why am I going to yell at you? Because the Raiders can make the playoffs with some help. Mm. On of course Sunday. they can. I just don't find it riveting. Wes, so, Wes yelling at me actually gives me life. It makes me feel a little more alive inside. I like it. Um, no, but the Raiders, it's going to take a lot. But if if my final pick in, in Week 17 before we go uh, to the grab bag of games is a team that can make the playoffs, and um, I will take that game. So the Raiders at Broncos. And by the way, in addition to this game having playoff meaning, um, however dim it may be, and it's not that dim, uh, it also has a good chance to be a, a fun game to watch because the Raiders, obviously, with everything in the world to play for, I imagine they'll show up for this game. And the Broncos are kind of peaking now. They're they're playing well. And Drew Locke is an interesting guy to kind of get a, a final look at his uh, end-of-season audition, which he's won three or four starts. He hasn't... It's not like he's changing the league uh, with his play, uh, but just having someone that's young and has upside uh, and they're winning games, that's a big change in the post-Peyton Manning era in Denver. So that's uh, that's something to watch and see how he closes out the season. And if a really strong close uh, to December potentially changes how Denver approaches their offseason, that happens in our league all the time. So there's a lot on the line with the Denver Broncos and the Raiders. They need a win and a lot of help. How much help do they need, Greg? Uh, remind the people, please. So they need to win this game, which I think might be their toughest, the toughest part of the equation on the road in Denver. But they also need the Titans to lose against the Texans, the Steelers to lose to the Ravens, and the Colts to win in Jacksonville because that would create a four-way tie. Nothing's I wanna, crazy. I no. want to clear up something 
a little earlier. They also need to beat Pittsburgh on strength of victory, which they will if one of four teams win, one of which is the Patriots. To make it a little clearer, Pittsburgh cannot lose and make the playoffs unless a lot more things happen. They also have to beat the Raiders on this strength of victory tiebreak that takes the Lions, Chargers, Patriots, and Bears, all of them lose. It's not happening. So basically the Raiders are in if they get these first four parts of the equation. And and they're all things that can happen but aren't you know heavily favored one way or the other. It's essentially this Raiders fans is how you put it. Flip a coin four times. And call it in the air and get it right uh, all four times. Sure. That's that's the amount of odds you had of making the playoffs. I think that Greg's actually right, is about though. their odds. That's that's twelve percent, and that's about what they're getting. But Math. the Raiders winning is the is the is the challenge because they've really not played very well. And I would say this too: if you took a time machine ahead one year, this may be this kind of game if they met in Week Seventeen next year. I think one of them or both of them would have a chance at the playoffs because there's good young nucleuses on both teams. Like you, if you look at the last couple drafts especially last year for Oakland, but the last two for Denver, it is among the best in the league in terms of what those players are producing right mm. now for both of them. So, you know, Oakland is not going to make the playoffs. I'm confident saying that. Let, let's see what happens. But Denver went from being the most depressing team at the end of September to one that if you started the season six weeks ago, I think they might make the playoffs themselves, potentially, or threaten. I think it'd be fitting if everything breaks in the Raiders' favor and then they lose to a 6-win team, team that's better than them. <laughs> right. right, because the, the, the Raiders, if they won by less than seven points, will have the worst point differential of any playoff team in the history of our league. Nice. So I think the fact that they're 28th in point differential is probably a better indicator of where they're really at. I think Gruden's done a good job. But don't you think Mike and Mayock do, has done a good job, yeah, too, in the sense of what a good job. In, I right? think they're building it up, but they still have a long way to go. And we'll talk about Carr in the off season, but you know the reports that you know Gruden wants someone who takes a few more chances, and they've been talking to Carr about that. He played like that last week. He ran a little bit more. He he just doesn't have like the instincts. And I always go back to with Gruden, like he started with Favre, Favre who made him his career, and I think he likes quarterbacks like that. And Carr is the total opposite of Brett Favre. He plays it. He plays it very safe. Uh, and I don't know if like instincts are on and off the field. It's funny how quarterbacks change over time because he was compared to Favre right, early in his career. The physical skills are similar, and yeah. I think that's why Carr uh, and Gruden like spoke well. But I just think in terms of the decision making and, and things like the way he plays the game, kind of the instincts, the feel for the game, it's very different. Derek Carr right now setting career highs in completion percentage and pass rate. The stats are really good. The stats are really good for Carr. Uh, but everybody's setting career highs because it's so much easier to pass now. Let's see what if he if he has a real stinker in this game. The analytics love Carr. Like buzz. the analytic like the completion percentage over average and EPA and even the QBR and and uh, football outsiders they all have Carr as like a top 7 or 8 quarterback. I mean, it's worth knowing. total nerds. Mark, I want to put <laughs> I want to uh I want you to think about something. I'm going to come back to you at the end of the podcast. Okay. You mentioned a time machine. Uh, in about 15 minutes or so, I'm going to come back to you and ask you uh, if you had access to a time machine and you can only do one thing with it, what would you do? You can go forward in time. You can go back in time. You could change something. You could just not change anything at all. You could pick a landing spot, essentially. Anything you want. All right. I will think about it. All right. Moving on. Mark, you're up. Well, I believe that we've run through our... Um... We're into the, oh, we're we're into speed, the round. speed round. We're into the speed round. 
speed round. So I am going to be tracking Cleveland at Cincinnati. And my one warning for the Cleveland Browns would be uh, for a team where David Njoku, your first round playmaking tight end, has not been playing because he is battling with Freddie Kitchens behind the scenes, apparently. Jeez. Two weeks ago. Njoku is? Yeah, two weeks ago. Njoku? Njoku. Two <laughs> yeah. weeks ago, you have Jarvis Landry. Uh, jawing with Freddie Kitchens on the sideline. I don't really care what he says that was actually about. It's a bizarre look. Last week, it's Odell Beckham. I cannot, in years in a row, think of a team uh, that had the head coach feuding with three-star players uh, three weeks in a row over the course of a season that's heading into total darkness has already reached that place. So my thing is, if you go into Cincinnati and somehow knock off a team that is the number one overall pick and is going to make Joe Burrow probably a successful quarterback at some point in in our league, that you don't overassess that win. You have to take a hard look at what's happening here. And it is on John Dorsey to finally start answering some questions and not just pick pick a coach that he has more power over, but try to lure someone in that can control this clown car of personality. And Joko star in a well, star. I, would say, I don't know what he's upset here, about. Here's or what's what going I say he there, is. But. They drafted him thinking that he could play that role, and he's not even on the field because he's not getting along, or something's happening behind the scenes. That's a mess. I don't think he's a star based on what he's produced. It sound like he's very respected, uh, the coach. I think that's that seems to be a problem. That's my concern. It seems like they're they've he's lost them, and, and they and feel it's okay to, to battle him. A loss to Cincinnati would be a recipe to just. Make a, an with this ownership decision. group, that might push them over the edge. You know the parents yeah. who always try to be friends with the kids instead of disciplining them? That yeah. feels like Freddie Kitchens. Like You're not going to have respect for a guy who lets you get away with everything you want to. No. All right, Greg, pick from the uh, speed pack. Okay, let's talk a little uh, Colts, Jags. Uh, act two, Gardner Minshew. I feel like the second time around hasn't been quite as good. I don't know if it's going to make a – difference um but i do think like his start since taking back over for Foles could maybe be quieting some of the excitement uh in jackson i think he'll have a chance to compete next year um but i don't think his second pack of games has been as good as the first pack which well, I i'd argue it's also not of. an argument for Foles, but fair enough i don't no, I don't no. know how you evaluate a guy who has to run through a gauntlet yeah. just to get a it's pass vi- off it's very I, I don't know that it's very tricky um but I, I think he did an amazing, a really good job and had those kind of pop games earlier where you would really see his potential, and you haven't seen that uh, in this four-game stretch. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say to that other than when you have to go through an odyssey and a gauntlet every time you want to release a pass, I don't know how you expect him to lift the team that much. He's had a great rookie year. Let's move on. Next up will be... Greg, once more. Snakes. Sure. Let's talk a little Bills, Jets. Sorry, Bills. I know you made the playoffs, but this game doesn't mean anything. We were already hearing that Matt Barkley might be playing uh, a lot of it. So that's a good chance for uh, Adam Gase to go get his uh, seventh win. That's pretty good. Good analysis. I like it. Well, we're. I thought we were all talking in the speed round. Aren't we, we are. We're all okay. talking in the yeah. speed round. We're all talking on the speed round. Yeah, the Bills, nothing to play for. The Jets, I kind of hit on my thoughts that Greg Williams has been unsung on the defensive side of the ball. I do want to see uh, Sam Darnold uh, close out the season well. I, I think he's been up and down overall. You could Some of the same things we were just saying uh, about Minshew, you could say about Darnold, and he also had to deal with uh, the illness, which really jacked up essentially the first half of the season. Uh, but... The one thing he's doing better, Darnold, is protecting the ball. In the second half, he was um, 
turning the ball over at an absurd rate uh, midway through the season, and he's kind of pulled that together. What he does need to be a little better with is uh, decision-making, especially uh, one area of his game that's jumped out a few times is when he has a chance to run and pick up a first down. Uh, he'll sometimes still try to make a big play at the throw downfield, and that will lead to uh, opportunities lost. But that's all stuff I don't worry about as much because I feel like that's a young quarterback figuring things out, and we'll have time to talk about this. But go give this kid a real offensive line next year, and let me see what he can do. Because I think a part of Chris Johnson, the owner's thinking, is I don't want to fire Adam Gase because on top of everything else, then Darnold will be on his third uh, coordinator in three years and to your point earlier Greg is that a reason not to make a change sometimes when something doesn't feel like it's working uh, no it's not but I think that is part of the process thinking here is like we're a little on the fence with Gase but we don't want to mm. reboot uh, the kid again and I think that's what's a part of the th- reason why Gase will survive that is thorny territory because you you also don't want him to go a year deeper with the wrong guy and they just don't you don't want to be that. you don't want to be hearing those articles next year and I can just see it where it's like, here we are entering Sam Darnold's year four. And like, what do we know about him? You know, he had that one year with with uh, Jeremy Bates and now like the two years with Gase. But maybe that's not his fault because Gase, you know, has, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, you want to avoid that. And by the way, whoever does uh, succeed Gase one day, beware, because when things aren't going well, it can get real nasty. The New York Daily News, Manish Mehta wrote a column on Christmas Eve. Uh, I don't remember what the cover was, but here's the lead. It was the back page cover. Adam Gase is a message for every long-suffering Jets fan who has endured a lifetime of anguish. He doesn't care about you. <laughs> the Daily News has learned that the embattled head coach has privately told people for months that gangrene diehards have never mattered to him. I'm rich as f- has become Gase's go-to line since taking over 11 months ago, according to sources. I mean, you, this, this, I like Manish too. He's a nice guy. Every time I see him, we talk and he's friendly and uh, I, I understand the angle he's playing here, but that is an outrageous uh, hit piece in the Daily News on Adam Gase. And uh, I, I'm friendly with someone who's very close to Gase who said, you could say a lot about Adam Gase, uh, but one thing he's not is a material, uh, a material guy. Uh, he, he drives an old model car. He wears the same clothes every day. He is not a money guy. So I don't know what this whole thing is about, but it's just uh, that is the pitfalls, pitfalls sometimes of playing in the big city, as they call it. And that was our Jets lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you talked about the Browns a little bit, too, my friend. I know. All right. Next up. <laughs> good, like we need to hear the Freddie Kitchen stinks. We know that. that, too. Good luck with yeah. that. <laughs> Uh, next up is Mark. Well, I'll talk about Arizona at, at the Rams. And it, the Rams, to me, feel like a team that after a crushing, a soul-crushing loss that I, you know, we mentioned might have been Sean McVay's darkest moment, even considering the Super Bowl loss to some degree. In terms of the way he reacted or, or people say he did, they feel like a team shutting it down. They, you, they, they, Cameron De Silva, one of the beat writers, said he'd be surprised if Jared Goff played, if Todd Gurley played, Jalen Ramsey's already essentially been ruled out. Other guys, too. So for me, it's a chance for if Kyler Murray is healthy and if he's in there to cap off what is, along with Denver, I think a very hopeful second half of the season where mm-hmm. you got Jay Glazer saying that Steve Keim, who was one of the more embattled GMs and probably had to be tugged into the world of taking Kyler Murray to begin with, 
has saved his job and has essentially secured his place with the Cardinals based on what I think the head coach did in terms of the head coach having a greater vision at the position than the GM. But the Cardinals fans have something to be hopeful about. That's not the worst thing compared to where they were three or four months ago. Yeah, this could be, though, Brett Hundley, the Cardinals' backup, versus Blake Bortles, the Rams' backup. Oh what a way to God. say goodbye to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, who's hosted more, <laughs> which has hosted more games, I believe, NFL games, than any stadium in NFL history except for, like, four. I think it's fourth or fifth in, in history. They've played so many times there, and this is going to be a stinker of a conclusion. I think it hurt McVay so much last week because his offense – destroyed the 49ers i mean like they had their best like their offense had everything going against robert sala and one of the best defenses in the sala, league and sala. they still lost the game but dan's offensive rookie of the year race that he's been closely monitoring mm, very closely it feels like a guy like aj brown or dk metcalf could capture it with a big game that propels his team into a win this week while kyler is playing injured or maybe not playing at all and josh jacobs he was shut down, play. right? I think Jacobs is going to get it, but you're right. His status is up in the air, too. DK Metcalf didn't show up last week. He could have made a big uh, run at the end of the season. A.J. Brown would be my – the guy I would want on my team if I had a team that, other than Murray of any of the rookies. If DK Metcalf won it over Kyler Murray, I, I'm i puzzled by that. I'm not saying that they're no, both I don't aren't think good players. No, I he's been better that, than Terry McLaurin. And I don't think he's better than AJ AJ Brown. I just I think there has to be you have to factor in the concept of playing quarterback as a rookie in a system where you essentially were teaching veterans how to play that offense four months ago. I don't know. Our speed round really wasn't that scary. Terry feels like a safe pick. Who would complain? Give the Redskins fans something. What for offensive rookie there? Scary Terry. I don't even know if he's playing this week. He's concussed. Yeah, I don't think he is. But I think Jacobs is gonna. Get it. We do have one more in the speed Jacobs. round, right? One more in the speed round is the Falcons at Bucks, and it will be the great Dan Hans. Dan Hans, me. <laughs> okay, talking about it. Um, happy accident there. Uh, not, well, all I really have is a thirty thirty. This is it. Thirty one twenty eight. James Winston touchdown interceptions. Uh, he has a chance here to. Do what no man has ever done in the history of our league, which is go 30-30. Shout out to Grady Jarrett for making his first Pro Bowl overdue. Might be an all-pro, too. He's played incredible for the Falcons. There won't be many guys who've made my all-decade team, which the article came out this week. Check it out. Uh, And the all-pro team, which the article will come out in a few days. And Julio Jones is going to be one of them. He's going to get the other all-pro spot for me opposite Michael Thomas. With a fantastic December for performance. I think uh, Aaron Donald will be another one of those guys who makes both. Where did Darrell Rivas come down in your all-decade He team? made the defensive back position because of your <sighs> argument. <laughs> yeah, you but you know I was shooting stumping. higher. I was shooting for the stars, one of those CB slots. Darrell Rivas, all-decade well, nickel. So who made Patrick Peterson made it over him? <laughs> Patrick Peterson and Richard Sherman mm. made the... Could be the last He'll game, <laughs> by the way, for Patrick Peterson and Larry Fitzgerald. He'll cover your Adam Humphreys out there. Rivas will lock you down. <laughs> Well, if this team ever takes the field again. But you know what the big takeaway from that article was? The greatest football game I've ever seen, Patriots over Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Seven guys from that team made the all-decade team. Wow. Seven Mm. guys from that game. All right. Finally, uh, so there is the speed round. Let's now move to the final game of the regular season. The San Francisco 49ers, 12-3 at the Seattle Seahawks. 11-4. The winner is the NFC West champion. 
The loser is the five seed uh, in the NFC. Is that correct? That's yes, they're correct. locked in at the five seed. And with a help, the winner could also get a bye. The 49ers, you know, clinch home field advantage with a win. The whole thing. The Seahawks could win the game uh, and still be the three seed. In fact, that's what I would expect to happen because if the Seahawks won, they would need either a Packers loss to Detroit or a New Orleans loss to Carolina to move up from number three. So that loss they had against the Cardinals, even if they win this week and win the NFC West, it will prove to be pretty costly for the Seahawks. I know there will be a raucous atmosphere in Seattle, especially with Marshawn Lynch coming back. But the 49ers have been the better team all year. I think they're the better team in Week 17, and I'm locking them up. Yeah, this is the other game. I, like I, I was debating whether to lock up the 49ers. I mean, the the Seahawks have a lower point differential, plus 12, than the Buccaneers this year. Whereas the, the 49ers have won eight games by two scores. The Seahawks have won one. Pete Carroll did mention that, you know, and – I'm, perhaps this is subterfuge. I don't. I don't know. But I mean, you've got Marshawn Lynch coming in off the street. It's uh, unclear what he was doing uh, <laughs> even seven days ago. That Travis Homer oh, we know. leaned on. He was in the tail. He was at the tailgate at the Raiders' final home game, well, drinking tequila. Well, Tom well, I would say we, we mentioned that, and we know he was doing that. I'd say we don't know what else he was doing. Well, that, Tom Pelissero had we know, had so. this report that when he went to the facility a couple weeks ago, he got an idea that they might want to bring him back. So this wasn't totally out of nowhere. And he supposedly with his trainer, they, they as they said, I, I forget what they, <laughs> the words that they use, but they put him through a, a couple of weeks of uh, intense training to get ready so that this might have been telegraphed, actually, it's that he might he might have come back even if there hadn't been uh, two big injuries, which is crazy. This is his first game with the Seattle Seahawks in 1,505 Days, last appearance, week 10, 2015 against the Cardinals. I I think injuries are so big for Seattle. Number one, the Dwayne Brown injury is the bigger deal, even than Chris Carson, I think. They're, they can't pass protect, and Dwayne Brown was a rock and was the, the one great player that they had. So now you're going to have to try to block Nick Bosa with your backup left tackle. That is a major loss. And then Clowney coming back. Clowney has been a gamer throughout his career, um, Dan, in terms of yeah, he's played through injury. That's why you kind of have this. He's idea. always hurt, but he, but he, has played but he plays lot, through right. it. And the fact that it felt like they were maybe sitting him the last couple of weeks so he could come back with a vengeance for, with the games that matter. He's had some all of his best games of his career have been in big spots like this. So he's a guy to watch. Now, Niners just haven't really had, if you look up and down their schedule, a letdown game. Not the Seahawks have. I mean, to go and see what happened to them against the Cardinals last week. I just what about the it, Niners lo- against the Falcons in Week 15. I mean, I wouldn't call that like textbook. I wouldn't call it like they laid down where they just vanished. I mean, it came down to some freaky stuff at the end of the game. They, the know? Seahawks have been beaten soundly four times, and the 49ers I mean. have not been beaten about soundly. The overall trajectory of Seattle at this point. I'm still in the corner though with you, Dan. And yet, still okay, believe. good. That's important. Still believe. And yet, Wes, and th- this took a little ding on Monday night. Uh, and yet. At home in their building in a playoff game, uh, a game with huge ramifications, I would be shocked if this isn't a, a very close game. I think the Seahawks, I despite agree. the fact that uh, they have not been as impressive as the Niners have been for a lot of this season, I I, I don't think it's going to be thirty eight seventeen. And then and the Niners themselves have been a little up and down of late. Uh, they their defense obviously got lit up by the Saints. They got 
beat by the Ravens. There's no sin there. The the Falcons game, uh, they outlast the Rams. I don't think they're playing necessarily their best ball of the season ever. I think this is a good game. I agree with you. I, I can't disagree with any of that. And I think the, this game in particular is so hard to predict because they met two months ago and so much has changed since then. Russell Wilson was the MVP favorite the first time these two teams met. And the 49ers were in the discussion with the Patriots for best defense in the league. And since then, both Russell Wilson and the 49ers defense have been average to below average in the last two months. Woo! I would not Statistically. Go, that's tough on Russ. Russ, has, go that Russ is 19th in TD to interception ratio since these two teams this met. This is such a good spot for him, though. This is such a danger, even with the left tackle out. For him to to ball out, get a little help from Lynch to get the crowd even more pumped up. It, it's a a limited offense. Now you don't have Carson. It, the pass protection to me is the number one thing that I worry about is with D the Seahawks playing? winning in the playoffs. D Ford is not expected to return. I think that's been a big the, factor for the 49ers this week. They're hoping to get him back for the playoffs. Oh, and Baldy called Fred Warner the best linebacker in football I this saw year. That. So that was pretty high praise. Uh, all right, let's pick this game. Mark, um, I will go Seattle twenty-seven twenty-five. Woo! Wes, we Staying know you got the Seattle Niners. Corner. Love it. Yeah, what I'm gonna got? lock it at twenty-seven twenty-five. <laughs> you locked it up, <laughs> but uh, it's a two-point game. All right, I will go Seahawks thirty-one twenty-eight. Uh, field goal by Jason Myers wins it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm going Forty ers I I'm still almost debating. Not on the I, corner. I, I, Wanted to no. lock this game. 27-20. Yeah, uh, I think it's an offensive game. Uh, I, I don't trust uh, the Seahawks defense. Really you know, the either. Seahawks don't trust you anymore. <laughs> That's how it goes both ways here. I mean. It's a two-way street of mistrust. Two-way street of not being on the corner. <laughs> the, the good thing for uh, the Seahawks fans, if they lose this game, or 49ers fans, is you get to play the at the NFC East champion. So if you're going to play on the road in the first round, at least that um, – Looks Go like ahead, Mark. It's a winnable match. Tell us what happens though, in that game. <laughs> no, no, I've suggested. I'm not saying it's a no, guaranteed win, but guaranteed it could be worse. The NFC East uh, playing at home—that something weird could happen there. But a lot of that, when I was thinking about that, was Dallas's upside, and I just simply don't believe in the Cowboys right now. So. You're backing off that prediction. Not backing off it. I think it's totally possible because this You're is on the fence a little bit. Now. This is hap- I just—I'm not going to go drop you know massive money on it. I'm not allowed to. So let's start there. But I like just. It, that's happened over and over right. since we've been here. And the, and like that has a certain like illogic to it. And this game is like that too. This is the best Sunday night season finale they've ever had. And it's a great matchup of like numbers and who deserves it and all the analytics and who's actually better versus just like magic and mojo and Marshawn Lynch is back and they just somehow find a way. It doesn't matter what the numbers say. Like the Seahawks have that. It's a nice little mm, stage is set. Beautifully. Can't wait. Uh, we'll actually mix it up. I think we'll lead with that game on Sunday night show uh, because the playoffs, uh, so much in the NFC is connected uh, to this game as well. So we're going to mix things up a little bit as well with the show on Sunday night. And before uh, we say goodbye, two things. One, again, we have our live show at Super Bowl 54 in Miami on the Thursday uh, before the big game. Uh, so go to the Miami Improv web website and under events, you'll find it. And also at our Instagram page, the ATN podcast, you can uh, get the link in the bio to buy tickets. And lastly, Mark Sessler, you have a time machine. What do you do with it? So I've thought about this a little bit. I kind of forgot that you had asked me that question. But the thing that comes to mind right away, I don't know why, um, I would like to 
be like a backpacker type person that becomes friends with like um like ruling class Victor- Victorian era like British French type people and just kind of mind my way into that world and find out what's happening because whenever I here's the thing whenever I watch those <laughs> movies dangerous. well whenever I f- like watch those films like the favorite well, basically yeah the like favorite the, is the what I the ceiling is like 80 feet high and there's like white paneled walls with art all over the place I want to just get into one of those castles and see what was going on because I think there is they don't even have toilet paper though I worry about stuff like that. I don't want to go too far back. Well, Give that, me plumbing. I, to me, I don't want that. Goes the back. Future to, is a no go because it's like, oh, I'll travel to you know the middle of Nevada forty years from now. Who knows what you land in? Just maybe a giant fire pit. So it, I want to go back to something mm. that I can dig my. All right, it goes like back to one of my favorite into. theories that it's better to be an upper upper middle class American than it was to be royalty two hundred years ago. Upper well, middle well, class I'll go investigate now versus, versus royalty you know, two hundred years ago. I believe you've also extended that to it's better to be like lower middle class now than a wealthy person. You know, in the in the eighteen way back. Well, you're, you're getting better dental. You're going to live a lot you longer. You're you not going to be as enter- miserable. You have better entertainment. It you can like do things you after five p.m. at night. But That's maybe, good. But you have you, lights. But if right. you go back there as, you know, with <laughs> right. a, we have all these health benefits, you look like a shining star compared to all this right. royalty. Maybe you take over a castle. Well, that, yeah, that's... You just hang out well, for a couple centuries. Today, you have, you have Twitter. <laughs> I mean, you don't have that. 1884. Huge void. <laughs> all right. That's a point in 1884's favor. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's it. We will be back Sunday night, as we just said, so make sure uh, you tune in because... Uh, when we come to you next, we will have everything figured out. It will all be decided, and the big tournament in our league will be set, and we will be excited to talk about it all. So until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for the Quiet Storm in that gorgeous petticoat. No, no, no. Peacoat. Oh, the mailman. <laughs> the old boss. And literally no one behind the glass. <laughs> until Sunday night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.